Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Challenging. Thought-provoking. Insightful. This is the Ninja Pastor with Sunday's God in Country with Dr. Sean. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical reverend. Dr. Sean is a proud U.S. military veteran, former law enforcement officer, founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through his riveting national speaking, this Ninja Pastor tells it like it is. This show is biblically and politically engaged in the battle to save our country with a pedal to the metal with this Sunday's edition of Sundays with Dr. Sean. Buckle up. Here's your host, the author of the critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Reverend Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, with today's message. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm uh, looking out a different window than I normally am looking out today. Uh, usually at 5.30 on Sundays, I'm at our normal location in Newark, Delaware, and I miss everybody there. Our KLA usually meets in person. We usually have a meal together. Uh, welcome to our folks in upstate New York, also our folks in Alaska. So glad to have you, honored to have you. I hope you're doing well. Uh saw that you were ice fishing today. That is awesome. It's a cool thing. And uh, folks from Alaska are hardy people. They're tough people. And uh, so uh, we're just, I uh, heard you had an earthquake too, by the way. And we're we're glad that you're safe. We're glad that everybody's safe. And uh, so today we're joining you from our normal studio where we meet on uh, Mondays. This is where we are on Mondays. So last Sunday, we actually uh, did the broadcast from here because of weather. And now this Sunday, we're doing the broadcast here in my studio, our Monday studio, because of weather. There's about 20 inches of snow outside. It's pretty amazing. Uh, And I don't know if you guys are on our mailing list. By the way, if you want to be on our mailing list, just uh, send a message to the contact me uh, at theninjapastor.com, and you can get on our, our mailing list. We don't spam anybody. We ju- you just get stuff from us. We don't sell your name or anything like that. I, I don't even know how to do it. Um, but that being, not that I would if I could. So all that being said, if you just go to the Ninja Pastor, theninjapastor.com, go to contact me, and uh, send in your name, say, hey, I want to be on the mailing list. You'll get mailings. I do different things from there. I have a blog. Uh, we do a blog, and... Uh, Kind of different kind of blog, and I think you might be used to. But uh, so today, today I'm missing my folks, my Kehala folks. We miss you. Uh, just praying for Jerry for continued improvement, and we miss you too. Also for Carson and and for Courtney and and for Sean and for so many people that are uh, just in the struggle, and for our brother Don, for Eric and for Chris Kehalan. We uh, we miss you. We miss you. Uh, I understand the earthquake, by the way, that I was mentioning about in Alaska, uh, 6.4 and a 7.1. Now, folks, anywhere else, it it would all be over. You know, we'd be talking about cleanup at this point. But the Alaska people are are hardy people. So we're glad to have you listening. We're glad that things are still staying uh, functioning for you, and uh, we're proud to have you. We also have some folks from Germany and uh, two from Belgium. And we have a whole slew of people from France, uh, two from Switzerland, and we have a SEAL team. It uh, doesn't say where they are, and I wouldn't tell you anyway, but they're listening. It's about five or six guys are around the, the, uh, around the Internet there. We're, we're really, really thankful to have you listen. So today it's uh, the problem with Peter. Oh, no, you didn't. Get it. 
I'm so sure this global warming thing is real. I'm going to make an exclusive executive decision and tell all of our followers we're going to be here in the studio instead of live. So I'm still alive. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm still alive, but we're just we don't have an audience there. We just had some great turkey and rice soup, homemade turkey and rice soup. And uh, we want to say hey to our folks up north, uh, all around us. You know, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. If you're into what we do and you want to support that, oh no, you didn't. <laughs> People tell me I'm so stupid. I don't listen. You know I don't have any common sense. Um, pray for me. A snowquake. Yeah, Jerry says we have a snowquake here. And so all that said, we were going to welcome back uh, Susan last week from her Texas jaunt. And she is, uh, you know, she's all chomping at the bit and ready to go. And we miss her and Linda and everybody. And and then this week, this big old snowmageddon happens. And so quite a storm. Quite a storm. We're glad to see so many people uh, safe. We're glad our sister Carla made it back safe. We prayed you through and prayed for you the whole time. Thank God for that. We appreciate him delivering you safely. Uh, but the problem with Peter, you can almost always find Peter. Uh, you guys know him as Peter, but I know him as Kepha. His real name is Kepha. Uh But Peter was the English name he was given. Before the crucifixion, he, he's always the man with his foot in his mouth, the man who always wants to call down fire on somebody or cut somebody, or you know. But the uh, the incident at the foot washing that that's going to reveal many of the reasons why he was the way that he was. And I'm going to give you my two cents in this. It's really going to be my two cents. You're really going to learn a little bit about, and I hope in the process you learn a little bit about yourself. You know, a little bit about Peter, a little bit about yourself. So what could be better? All of his word confounds the wise of this world. None of it makes sense to those seeking to scientifically reduce God to our image rather than see creation in God's image and likeness. When we make small the realities of our faith, we recreate God in our likeness rather than the other way around. God is beyond our worldly wisdom. I don't know, some smart guy said that, I don't know who it was. But today I'm going to talk about Peter. And in think, you know, when you think about Peter's problems, by the way, I'll say Peter for a while and then I'll go back to Kepha so you all know who I'm talking about. But in thinking about Peter or Kepha's problems, I realize they could be boiled down to a similar lack of understanding on Peter's part. His, his lack of understanding is to the greatness of God. God in his very presence, the God in... Kepha's very presence at that moment and that time, Yeshua. In trying to understand the miraculous that was occurring right before his eyes, Peter kept attempting to reduce Yeshua to the comprehensible. To the comprehensible, I, I, this is what I can comprehend. This is what seems comprehensible to me. This is something that can happen. And so Kepha kept attempting to reduce Yeshua to that. To fit Peter's expectations and worldview. To recreate Yeshua in the image, Kepha, and let's be honest, most other Jews for that matter, had in the mind, in the Jewish mind, all, all around that area in that time, of what the Messiah would be like. Like I said, all of his word confounds the wise of this world. None of it makes sense to those seeking to scientifically reduce God to our image rather than see creation in God's image and likeness. When we make small the realities of our faith, we recreate God in our likeness rather than the other way around. God is beyond our worldly wisdom. We're going to talk a little bit about how that works. Let's be honest. We do the same. We all do the same. If we're being honest, and in our attempt, we limit God and and often we miss his purposes for us. We fail to see his bigger plan for us. You know what's funny, though? This doesn't change anything for God. No. But it does create needless frustration for us, just as it did for Kepha. Just as it did for Peter. So I told you I was going to do some scripture. I don't know why I would do that. John 13 Let's just see what I can get on here. It was just before the festival of Pesach, and Yeshua knew that the time had come for him to pass from this world 
to the Father. Hold on a second. Let me go back a second. And Yeshua knew that the time had come for him to pass from this world to the Father. Let me just, I don't want to go on too quick but behind this because there's a lot of powerful theology and, and, and there's a lot of fallacy uh, in a lot of people's minds. They, they thought that Yeshua didn't know what was happening to him. They thought he didn't, he didn't have a clue as to what was going on, but he did, and he did it anyway. Yeshua knew what was coming. It says right here, and Yeshua knew that the time had come for him to pass from this world to the Father. From this world to the Father, he knew. From this world to the Father, for him to pass from this world to the Father, having loved his own people in the world, he loved them to the end. They were at supper, which we all, if we were all together right here at the Kehla, by the way, if you're ever down this way, um, you know, join us. Join us at, at uh, we we really, uh, we have a good time. We have good food. We have good music after. Uh, Steve really hooks us up with some beautiful violin, and we sing, and and we pray. It's it's awesome. It's it's really awesome. But at five we get together, and it's really really powerful. It's really a great bunch of people. I'm telling you, it's nothing like it. So if you're in the Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, uh, New Jersey area, feel free. Really, you're only not that far. I mean, it's just really kind of a centrally located thing. Beautiful room. It's nice and warm. John and Jill keep it nice and warm, mostly for Jill. And uh, so it's it's super super warm. We use some renewable fuel. So they were at supper, and the adversary had already put the desire to betray him into the heart of Yehuda ben Shimon from Kriot. Now that's Judas Iscariot for you, uh, you English speakers. You know the guy who be- betrayed Yeshua. You know that guy. That guy. Is that guy right there? It was him, Judas. It was him. Yeshua was aware that the Father had put everything in his power. Now, I said just a second ago, and Yeshua knew that the time had come for him to pass from this world to the Father. And then here we go in verse 3. Yeshua was aware that the Father had put everything in his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. You see, he, he knew in verse 1, he knew that the time had come for him to pass from this world to the Father. He knew what he was here to do. And then in verse 3, just, just a few verses away, he's aware that the Father had put everything in his power, in his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. It's a hard way to go. So he rose from the table, removed his outer garments, and wrapped a towel around his waist. Then he poured some water into a basin and began to wash the feet of the Talmudim, or the disciples, and wiped them off with the towel wrapped around him. He came to Shimon Kepha, who is Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, you are washing my feet? You are washing my feet? Yeshua answered him, you don't understand yet what I am doing, but in time you will understand Kepha in typical Peter fashion said, No, you will never wash my feet. Yeshua answered him, If I don't wash you, you have no share with me. Shimon Kepha, or Simon Peter, says, Lord, not only my feet, but my hands and my head too. Yeshua said to him, A man who has had a bath doesn't need to wash except his feet. His body is already clean. Now, let me say this. I have this painting in the fireplace room of my home. Fireplace room of my home, and I love to look at it. It's powerful. I got it as a gift. I think it was for Father's Day or my birthday or something. It's an oil painting. It's just absolutely beautiful. And it's Yeshua washing Peter's feet. Worship and serve. This is classic Peter, folks. This is classic Kepha. And I'm going to admit it, Peter or Kepha, he's my favorite. He's always been my favorite. I never had to look in the Bible and go, hmm, who was my favorite? Who's my favorite going to be? I don't know. It was always Kepha. It was always Peter. 
He's usually the man with his foot in his mouth. He's usually the one who, let me call down fire, Lord. Let me cut somebody. Let me just go ahead and cut somebody, Lord. He was kind of gangster. It was for my ordination. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I was just reminded what that was for, that painting, that beautiful, wonderful painting that I'm so blessed to have. What a blessing. Brings tears to my eyes every time I see it. Reminds me, saying of my ministry is worship and serve. Worship and serve. That's where I got that. Kepha's all the time wanting to call down fire, wanting to cut somebody. Who's all the time wanting to do that? And this foot washing, this reveal this reveals many of the reasons why he was that way. Peter's all bluster. Kepha's all bluster. He's all passion. He's enthusiasm. You know, there's a saying, you're strong, but you're wrong. And and, and Kepha is often strong, but wrong. But he never lacks enthusiasm. At first, he's telling Yeshua he can't wash his feet. Then he says, I want the whole body. Now, you might think this is because he's greedy. I've actually had people try to say, well, isn't that something? That's how the Jews always were. You know them Jews? You you know, they always trying to take, you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. Lord just trying to wash his feet, trying to prove a point. You know, they stupid, the Jews. If we was there, it wouldn't be like that. We would, none, none of this would have happened. Great. You know what? If if you were there and none of this would happen, we wouldn't have salvation because that was prophecy. All of this happening was prophecy. Don't just do my feet, do my whole body. No, he wasn't greedy. That isn't That's not it at all. You got to know, listen, culture and language, knowing the whole story doesn't mean a lot. It means everything. This is a reflection of Hebrew culture. Foot washing, folks, is a very humbling and in some respects degrading action. If one washes the whole body, it's less humbling, less degrading. But no, Yeshua goes immediately directly to his feet. In part, this reflects the expectations and the Hebrew culture of the Jews for their Messiah. And Kepha or Peter, look, he's just trying to understand. He's trying to submit, but he's trying to understand. He's amazing. He's amazing. I tell you, I, I feel bad for folks. There's folks contacting me saying, "Hey, I can't, I can't get, I can't get to it. I can't get to it. It's I'm not able to log in. I don't know why. It always seems like, it always seems like there's always." Some problem, you know, there's always some tech problem. I wish it wasn't the case. I wish it was just simpler. You know, one of these days I might get on the radio and and uh, the regular radio and and it might be simpler. But then, you know, well, I don't live in your area. I don't live in your area. I can't get your radio station. Or or they say, oh, I got to get locked on the internet. You just never know. It's always tough. The enemy always wants to make it complex. He always wants to make it difficult. You know, it always is that way. Hang in there. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. And if, by the way, if you log in now, uh, if you're listening or whatever, you you know, it, it, you'll go back to the beginning. You'll just be a little bit behind. That's no big deal. So this is the reflection of the expectation of these Hebrew people, the 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 people of Judah. the culture. The Kepha's just trying to understand. He's just trying to submit. The New Testament, of course, it, it reveals the Jewish messianic expectation that the apostles and presumably the biggest number of common Jews had. What did they expect? The expectation they had was for a conquering son of David. Like Peter said, are you are you going to restore the kingdom? That's Acts one six. Here, even at the end, the apostles were still expecting Yeshua to restore political power to the Jews. How many wish that we could get restored political power? Maybe that's not coming. Maybe we're not intended for that. I don't know. But we're in trouble. 
here in the United States of America. By the way, thank you to everyone listening around the world. Appreciate it. Kepha, or Peter, is almost saying here, when are we going to cut some folks? Are you going to? Are you now going to restore the kingdom in Acts 1-6? Here, even at the end. They're expecting Yeshua or Jesus to restore political power to the Jews. Power. And Keith is almost saying here, when are we going to cut some folks? When are we, when are we going to call down some fire, Lord? When are we going to take back control? Like we know what it looks like. Clearly, Judas expected Yeshua to be a conquering king. And, 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 and you know, Judas expected Yeshua to be a conquering king and, and he even though he expected that, he hoped to manipulate Yeshua into rebelling against Rome when he had him arrested. Look there let's look let let's know the whole thing in context. There were a number of Jewish expectations of the Messiah, as there are different interpretations of the actual Messiah, Yeshua today. The most common Jewish expectation for the Messiah was as a son of David, to come as a conquering Messiah. Restoring the political fortunes to the Jews. One of the many messianic passages is Ezekiel 37. You know what? The, the, the Old Testament matters. The New Testament matters. The New Testament doesn't mean a thing unless you have the Old Testament. And if the Old Testament was just the Old Testament, it would still be powerful. But we have the New Testament. Praise God. It goes a little like this. Verse 21, Ezekiel 37. They say to them, bear in mind, folks, this is this is Old Testament here. They say to them that Adonai Elohim says, I will take the people of Israel from among the nations where they have gone and gather them from every side and bring them back to their own land. I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel, and one king will be king for all of them they will no longer be two nations they will never again be divided into two kingdoms folks listen when we talk about not splitting the the land of the people and the people of the land the chosen people of God Adonai Elohim this is why we don't give land back we don't give land to people this was a gift from God you don't return what is given from God says here they will no longer be two nations they will never again be divided into two kingdoms they will never again defile themselves with their idols their detestable things or any of their transgressions but i will save them from all the places where they have been living and sinning and i will cleanse them so that they will be my people and i will be their god my servant david will be king over them and all of them will have one shepherd they will live by my rulings and keep and observe my regulations. Torah, anybody? They will live in the land and I, that I gave to Yaakov, my servant, where your ancestors lived. They will live there, they, their children and their grandchildren forever. And David, my servant, will be their leader forever. I will make a covenant of peace with them, an everlasting covenant. I will give to them, increase their numbers, and set my sanctuary among them forever, my home will be with them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. And nations will know that I am Adonai, who sets Israel apart as holy when my sanctuary is with them forever. Where is my buddy West to blow that shofar? Look, it should not be surprising to us that the Jews had this expectation. Look, we can't throw rocks at these people. We say, well, they were living there. Well, they didn't have the Bible to go, okay, guys, look, listen, what's going to happen next here? I'm reading in the book, right? I read a little ahead. I know, I know he said don't read ahead, but I want to know what's going to happen. So I read a few pages here. I went to the next chapter, whatever. Hey, you would do it too if you had the book. So I'm looking at the book, and the book says, the book says, Sean, this is what's going to happen. So we got to do this. Right? We think we think that they had this book, but they didn't. They didn't have what we have. And you know what? To be honest, to be fair, we don't respect them either. And we don't respect the book that we have. How many how many bottoms of, 
I see this all the time. I, I can't believe that the Bible thrown for those that still carry an actual Bible, it's thrown onto the floorboard of their car. We don't pay any attention to that book. So we shouldn't be surprised that the Jews have this expectation. Look, that's how it was, culturally speaking. Look, we're 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 oppressed, Father. Please send the king, the Messiah, Habashak. Send him to take this away from us. The problem is the Jews that were here, the Jews, these Jews, failed to notice the Messianic prophecies, which presented a Messiah not to their liking, to be honest. And in fairness to them, and contrary to most arrogant Christians, we likely wouldn't have seen it either. The Essenes did have a concept of a suffering servant. That's talked about in Isaiah 53. But it seems that the Jews in general, they didn't tend to pay nearly as much attention to this role of the Messiah. And you know what? Let's be fair. This shouldn't surprise us. Why? Because this is human nature. Humans want their heroes to conquer and to offer great things to the people. They don't want them to suffer and die. Yeshua, of course, as the Messiah, is the suffering servant, the prophet, the priest, and the king. Passages in the Old Testament revealing all of these all of these natures for the Messiah can be shown. In one place or another, the Jews had all of these expectations, depending on which messianic prophecy they focused in on. And, of course, on their own personal prejudices, because we all... We all have that, right? We all have biases. We all have prejudices, to be fair. Amen? We all do. It is not hard to see, and I'm sure you already noticed it, that the Jews treated their Messiah pretty much how the Jews treat Yeshua today. So much so. Or, I'm sorry, how the Christians treat Yeshua today. We recreate Yeshua in our own image. Why do we do this? Because this is what we know. This is what we can see. This is what we can believe. So we do it. You know, I talk about this in my book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. By the way, we're working on a second edition, expanding it, going to republish it most likely with WorldNet Daily's publishing arm. We've been in talks with them, so um, keep your. Uh, it's going to be totally updated. It's going to be pretty wild, actually. But many make make uh, Yeshua the Messiah, Yeshua Hamashiach, into a cosmic bellhop. He's just waiting with this little hat. He's just waiting for your little, you know, ring the bell, and he's going to come, and he's going to deliver blessings. He's going to solve all the problems. There's a Yeshua of name it and claim it, the prosperity gospel, the pulpit pimps. They capitalize on this phenomena all the time, pulpit pimps. You know those guys, the pulpit pimps. I talk about them in my book. Pulpit pimps are all the time saying, you just send this and look, this is what you're going to get. You know what you're going to get? If, uh, if, if, if you give to our ministry, you're going to get a thank you. Uh, you know what? And if you give, if, if you give a certain amount, I'll, I'm going to send you a book and I'll sign it. And instantly it'll be worth half, half of nothing. I can't promise you, you know, any fancy thing to happen to you. But you know what? Pulpit pimps, they do that all the time. They capitalize on the name it and claim it, the prosperity gospel. Still others, the pre-millennialists, they have them coming back to the head of a revived Jewish kingdom at the end of time. You see, the lesson for us is that we, too, are tempted to form the Messiah in our own image. I said this before. I said it again. I'm going to say it again now. All of his word confounds the wise of this world. None of it makes sense to those seeking to scientifically reduce God to our image rather than see creation in God's image and likeness. When we make small the realities of our faith, we recreate God in our likeness, in our likeness, rather than the other way around. Folks, God is beyond our worldly wisdom. Let's see clearly, let's see Yeshua very, very clearly in a balanced biblical way. Let's do that just for fun. Yeshua and his, this is Mark 8, Yeshua and his Talmudim, or his disciples, Jesus and his disciples, went on, 
to the towns of Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asks his Talmudim, who are the people saying I am? Some say you're Yochanan the Immerser, they told him. Others say Eliyahu or Elijah. And still others, one of the prophets. But you, he asks, who do you say I am? Oh, come on. Who answers? Say it with me, Kepha. Kepha answered. He was the first to answer. He was the first to acknowledge. You are the Mashiach. You are the Hamashiach. You are the Messiah. He was the first of the disciples to identify, to call him out. You are the Messiah. Then, then Yeshua warned them not to tell anyone about him. He began teaching them that the Son of Man had to endure much suffering and be rejected by the elders, the head Kohenim, and the Torah teachers. And that he had to be put to death, but then, after three days, he had to rise again. He spoke very plainly about it. Now get this, hang on, don't don't bail on me now. Kepha took him aside. Peter took Yeshua Hamashiach, Jesus, the Son of Man, the very Son of God. Kepha took him aside and began rebuking him. Have you ever read over this before? Verse 32 of Mark 8, and said, huh, that's a, okay. Get what it's saying here. Kepha took him aside and began rebuking him. But turning around and looking at his Talmudim, he rebuked Kepha. Get behind me, Satan. He said, for your thinking is from a human perspective, not from God's perspective. You know, can you imagine, folks? Can you imagine right now? Kepha took Yeshua aside and rebuked him. Kepha had the gall to take the Son of God, the very Son of God aside, and tell him how to do things. Look, yeah, I appreciate that you've come, and this is really great, but you know what? You kind of messed up here a little bit. I mean, you've done a great thing here. You've done some really cool stuff, but, and I mean, I appreciate you picking me for your team. But you've messed up. You're not doing it right. I'm going to help you out. Let me tell you how it should be. See, many of us, you know, in this in this uh, political climate, let me address this really quickly. I'll talk more about this tomorrow. Look, you know, you're you're likely at this point if you're a conservative, you're likely a Trump person or or a Cruz person. Right? You're you're on one of those two teams. But I've got a news flash for you. We're on the same team. The left would have us believe that we're not, but we are. We've got to learn to keep it together. Look, I'm a, I'm a hardcore uh, Cruz guy, Ted Cruz guy. I'm a hardcore guy. I've done enough research of this guy. I, I, he's the man. He's the man. I believe he's the man that can get it done. He's the real deal. Do I think uh, Donald Trump would be 152,000% better than what we have now and what's coming from the left, absolutely. And if you don't think it too, my goodness, you need to wake up. You mean you need to wake up. You need to read a book. You need to take some smelling salts. Get behind me, Satan. For your thinking is from a human perspective, not from God's perspective. We've got to change our perspective here on earth. We've got to change our perspective when we think of things of God. Here he is. Here is Kepha. Here's Shimon Kepha or Simon Peter. He's just a fisherman. And 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 Yeshua rebukes him. What happens now if somebody, if if we disagree with somebody, just regular folk? Oh, that's it. We done. We out. I'm defriending you. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. I unfriend you, right? But Yeshua doesn't abandon him. He just rebukes him back. Says, "Get behind me, Satan." Your thinking's from the wrong perspective. You're thinking as a human. This is not how it is to be. If you're to be what I've called you out to be, which you don't even see yet, then you've got to change your thinking. You've got stinking thinking. Can you imagine? Kepha took Yeshua aside and rebuked him. What gall? <laughs> He's always right there in it, isn't he? Peter or Kepha, 
Not one of them understood, and they spent every day of the last three years with them, and they didn't understand. That's why Yeshua lost so many followers along the way. Many of you don't realize that Yeshua had a lot of followers. Come on, and then drop off. Come on, and then drop off. Look, we have on our Monday show, we have well over 600,000 listeners. But you know, uh, you know, of that 600,000, there's always somebody new. We've lost probably uh, one to 200,000 people along the way. We have just over 40,000 listeners on Sunday right now on this broadcast. And you know what? Not all of them are new. Some have been with me from the beginning. Praise God. Thank you so much for supporting us and encouraging us. But you know what? Many of them are new, and people fall away. Followers fall away. People say, this isn't for me, man. This isn't going the direction I want it to go. So I'm going to fall away. He lost Yeshua, lost so many followers along the way. But you know what? He never lost Kepha. Kepha never bailed on him. Kepha never truly abandoned Yeshua. Kepha was always, Simon Peter was always all in. 22, 31 through 34 is a great passage. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Yeshua said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny three times that you know me. What's he saying here? Man, it brings tears to my eyes, folks. He loved Peter. He loved him. And the enemy said, I want that guy. I want that guy off your team. I want him on my team. But who prayed for him? Yeshua himself prayed. I prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Not that you would say the right thing. Not that you would you would look the right way. Not that your clothes would be a certain way. Not that your hair would be a certain way. Not that your music or any of those things. Not that you'd be easier to tolerate. No. I prayed that your faith may not fail. Folks, this is what we're in right now. We're in this right now. Our faith is failing. The left decides that we're going to split them. We're going to let the... Trump and, and, and Cruz people fight each other, hate each other, brother against brother, friend against friend, and say, well, if you believe that, then you know what? You're stupid. Now, I will say this. I don't like the stuff Trump says. I mean, I like some of it, but I don't like how he says it. I don't like it's crude. I don't care for crude. But you know what? America is ready to hear it plainly. America is tired of the political speak. America is tired of people putting things fluffy and not meaning what they say. I believe both of these men will do what they say. More so, I believe Cruz from the standpoint that he has done what he said. Even Look, when, when if, uh, if, if, if Donald Trump fails to be elected to be the nominee and fails to be elected the president, you know what? He's still going to be a billionaire. He's still going to have an awesome life. But you know what? Ted Cruz is burning the ships. He's burning the ships. He loses this, he's lost it all. He's putting it all on the line. I got a lot of respect for that. But Peter said, look, I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm ready to go to prison. I'm ready to die. Blustery. <laughs> Yeshua ever so humbly before he's, to, before he's to go to this awful, awful suffering and awful, awful torture and terrible, terrible, brutal death. He tells you, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny three times that you know me. Look, you, he didn't even have to deny that he did miracles. They knew that. Everybody knew that. He didn't have to deny that, no. He didn't have to deny that, that, that Yeshua had done some amazing thing, this, this rabbi had done amazing things, healed people. No, he didn't have to deny any of that. Nope, he sure didn't. All he had to do was deny three times that he knew Yeshua. 
the man, the Nazarene. All he had to do was deny that he knew him three times. Look, we all know how that turned out. We all know after the denial of Kepha. Can you imagine? Let me, let me ask you this. Have you ever thought about how was Kepha feeling? Can you imagine what he was feeling? He must have been near suicidal. He must have been near the end. He must have, I'm going to kill myself. How could I have done this to the one that I just said, look, I'm ready to go to prison. I'm ready to be tortured. I'm ready to go to death. And you know what? I believe he meant it. And we know, we came to know through how he lived his life, through how Peter lived his life. He was right. But conversely, Judas betrayed Yeshua, and he committed suicide. Why did Kepha preserve himself, and yet Judas committed suicide? Because Yeshua had told him what to do after. Yeshua told him, use the experience to strengthen your brothers. Kepha was going to be the cornerstone of the church. And Yeshua knew what Kepha was about, what Peter, what Kepha, what Shimon Kepha, Peter was capable of. The rock, the cornerstone of the church. He knew. Matthew 14 tells an awesome story. Around 4 o'clock in the morning, he came toward them, walking on the lake. The he that they're talking about here is Jesus, Yeshua. When the Talmudim saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And they screamed with fear, and don't act like you all that. Don't act like you somebody, but you ain't. Because you know what? I'm going to tell you something. You see somebody walking on the water, you're going to think in a terrible, terrible nighttime, 4 o'clock in the morning, pitch black, you see somebody walking towards you, you're going to say, ooh, that's a ghost. Let me get on out of here. Climb, trying to climb out of the boat. Wait, that's where the ghost is. I don't want to get in the water. How do we get out of here? Somebody fire up the motor. They screamed with fear, and you'd have done the same thing. So would I. But at once... Yeshua, verse 27, Yeshua spoke to him, spoke to them. Courage, he said. Fear not, it is I. Stop being afraid. Don't be afraid. Their issue wasn't that they couldn't understand her. He said, hey, don't worry about understanding. Hey, let me explain this to you, how I'm doing this. No. Their issue wasn't that they didn't know all the facts. Well, you see how I'm doing this here is I have these plates here underneath the water, and they're clear, they're loose. You see, I step on them like this, just in the right spot. It's kind of amazing, isn't it? No, their issue wasn't that they didn't understand the science of it. Their issue was you don't see people standing on the water, and then they were afraid. So he says, stop being afraid. That's your problem. You're afraid. You're living in fear. Stop being afraid. Then Kepha called to him, Lord, Kepha, now let me skip over that. Peter called to him after all this fear. He says to him, don't be afraid. Peter calls to him. Kepha calls to Jesus, the Lord, the one he'd spent all this time with. He's, all of a sudden, he's appearing here on the water, in the pitch black four o'clock morning water. Lord, if it is really you. Tell me to come to you on the water. Tell me to come. All I need you to do is invite me to come. Come, he said. So Kepha got out of the boat and walked on the water toward Yeshua. Folks, think about what this is. He's the first to say, you are the Messiah. You're the one we've been waiting on all this time. You're him. You're the famous one. You're here. We've been waiting for you. So he got out of the boat and he walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he became afraid. And as he began to sink, he yelled, Lord, save me. The song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Lord, save me. He 
became afraid when he saw the effects of the wind around him, and he began to sink, and he looks away. He's looking at the effects of the wind instead of looking at Jesus. And he and he let, to the to the one that can save him. You'll notice the passage here doesn't say he did, he turned and he looked back at the boat and throw me a throw me a, a donut on a rope. Throw me, do something to help me. Do something to help me, folks, men, human beings, from your knowledge and what you know of the world. Help me. No, he knew his salvation from immediate drowning was the one in front of him. And he turned his eyes back upon the Lord. Lord, save me. Yeshua immediately stretched out his hand. He took a hold of him and he said to him, such little trust. Why did you doubt? He didn't say, look, I'm tired of your lack of faith. Brother, I've worked with you all this time. I've given you chance after chance. Why do you have all this lack of faith? When are you going to learn, loser? You're done. You're out. Give me back your T-shirt. No. When Kepha yelled, looking back upon the Lord, Lord, save me. Yeshua immediately, Jesus immediately stretched out his hand and he took a hold of him. Lord, take my hand. And he said to him, such little trust. Why did you doubt? What do you think Kepha was thinking the moment his foot hit the water and he didn't sink? Wow, this is amazing. I can't even believe this. He's the one. He's the famous one. I was right. And then he saw the wind and he became afraid and his mind began to turn and he says, oh no, oh no, I'm human. I am human. And I'm sinking because humans can't walk on water. Such little trust. Why did you doubt? As they went up into the boat, the wind ceased. The men in the boat fell down before him and exclaimed, You really are God's son. Yeah, that's powerful, folks. But you know what, Kepha? He knew. And that's why Kepha was the one who stepped out onto the water. He said, if if this if it's really you, he didn't say if you're really the Messiah. He said, Lord. He used the word Lord. If it's really you, tell me to come to you on the water. And all Yeshua said was, Come. And all Yeshua, all all Yeshua had to do was say, Come. And and Kepha got out of the boat. Doesn't say he stood around and went, Ooh, I don't know, I don't know. It's water. It's dark. I don't know what to do. What if I sink? I don't have my swimsuit on. No. He got out of the boat. The Bible, the Bible says in Matthew 14, 25, 23, I, he got out of the boat. And he walked on the water toward Yeshua. And then he saw the wind and he became afraid. And that's what we see. We look around us and we see all this stuff and we say, but there's so much wind. There's so much challenge. The difference between us and Kepha, the difference between us and Peter is we don't look back to the Lord and say, Lord, save me. We turn away and we look to all the earthly things. All the stuff that humanity tells us. Let me tell you something. Kepha wasn't afraid to be asking stuff. He wasn't afraid to be testing the edges, to be pushing the limits of human beings. Listen, Kepha walked on water, y'all. I want to remind you, Kepha was the only one that walked on water. He was the only one. Why? Because Kepha was the one Yeshua called out to walk on water. Kepha was the first to recognize and acknowledge Yeshua as the Messiah. Kepha did not let the fear of saying the wrong thing or looking stupid stop him. No, he was all in. Look, you need to understand Kepha. Kepha is just a, a, a regular professional fisherman. And he's seeing this amazing stuff go down. Just a new Talmudim waiting to be in deep with the Messiah. Look, Kepha or Peter was not a high pedigree student of a swanky, well-respected rabbi. Nope. Kepha fished. 
for a living. Kepha was all the way in for the entire ride, no matter where the ride took him. I've said it to you many times before. If you go back to the ninjapastor.com, you go to iTunes, subscribe to our podcast there. It's all free. Nothing costs you at all. You're, you're going to know. I talk about it. It's, it's what does it take to be what God wants us to be? It, it's whatever it takes. It's whatever it takes. You've got to be all the way in for the entire ride, no matter where, no matter what. No matter where the ride takes you, no matter how bumpy the ride is, you've got to be there, no matter what. Here's what we know about Kepha. He was all the way in for the entire ride, no matter where it took him. No matter how bumpy the ride, no matter how wet it could be, he was there. But you know what? Kepha is still very human. That's why we all like Peter. That's why we all like Peter. He's still very human. He's us. Peter or Kepha is us, but more bad to the bone than we'll ever be. Look, folks, he didn't understand. Look, he didn't understand. He still asked, and he 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 was taught, and he was taught, and he was taught, and he was taught. Kepha, he asked, how high do you want me to jump on the way up? The Lord said, hey, Kepha, you jump. Kepha says, how high you want me to jump? On his way up. And that's why Yeshua liked him. God seems to like people who do first and then ask questions. As long as their hearts are in the right place. The right place. Not a place, some place. The right place. There is a right place and a wrong place. And sometimes they look very similar. Kepha's heart was in the right place to be picked by Yeshua to follow him. <laughs> Yeshua, he picked the ones to follow him. He picked Kepha. Hey, Peter reminds me of David or Dawid, which means uh, the name David or Dawid uh, in Hebrew means beloved. David was a smart dude, except when he thought with his nether region. You know what I'm talking about, right? Right? He got himself in a whole lot of trouble. Good looking. Good looking brother. He was a scrappy, when he was a kid, he was a scrappy sheep herder. Look, his, his own dad forgot he even existed. Until, until David or Dawid announced that he could kick Goliath the giant's butt. His giant butt, he was going to kick Goliath the giant's giant butt because the other alleged great warriors couldn't even fight Goliath. They, Goliath, they, they couldn't even stand up for God. David, the little shepherd, he was sticking up for God. David was just a kid. David was a lot like Peter in this respect. He was all in. You know what a really super smart person recently helped me realize? That Yeshua knew the disciples' limitations, and he knows our limitations. He knows our potential good. He made us. God also knows how thoroughly corrupt the world is and how we aren't capable of what he has made us to be. Doesn't that sound like a conundrum? Doesn't that sound like something? We can glimpse it. We can desire it. But even the smallest things like consistently believing that he is and that he rewards those that seek him. It's too much. It's too much for us. Why? Because Satan has so defiled the very atmosphere that we breathe, the very oxygen that we breathe all around us. Satan has so defiled the very atmosphere that we breathe, so much so that we can't keep our minds free for very long. What happens to it goes back to worry goes back to fear. But you see, that's precisely why God has a plan. God's plan, not Peter's plan or our plan. God's plan. God has the plan. The problem with Peter, the problem with Kepha, the biggest problem with Kepha is that he, he's so much like us. You know what? We don't want to accept the limitations that we have in us, right? And we don't want to accept the implications of God's actions. It means something. We don't want to accept what we can't understand. We say we're afraid of things that we can't understand. Lord, I'm afraid. Save me. God's not surprised when we're lost on the water in the dark. We need to start accepting things that we can't understand. We don't want to accept things done in other ways than what we think they should be done. We want control. 
Because without control, we're afraid. But our basic problem, you see, that's accepting the lordship of Hamashiach, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, Yeshua Hamashiach, Jesus the Messiah. Doing so means seeking his help to change what cannot in our minds be changed, but seeking his help to live triumphantly with what can't be changed. Sometimes some things can't be changed, not here on earth. They won't be changed here on earth. And you know what? Sometimes we've got to live with some pain. Sometimes we've got to live by trusting, above all else, trusting Yeshua, trusting that God has it all covered. Remember, Peter didn't sink until he let his unbelief, his fear, creep in. Even then, he cried out to Yeshua, and Yeshua took him in his arms. I'm here tonight to tell you that Yeshua will do that for you too. He will take you in his arms. This is a quote that's going to be in my new book. All of his word confounds the wise of this world. None of it makes sense to those seeking to scientifically reduce God to our image rather than see creation in God's image and likeness. When we make small the realities of our faith, we recreate God in our likeness rather than the other way around. God is beyond our worldly wisdom. Folks, I said at the beginning, it's the problem with Peter, the title of this message, the problem with Peter. The Lord said, look, you don't understand yet what I'm doing when he was washing his feet, but in time you will understand, and still yet later, there were more lessons to be learned. Still, there was dark water and fear and a lack of understanding. We should be more like Peter. God says, stop being afraid. We need to stop being afraid. God says, come. We need to step out of the boat and put our foot on the water. Not looking at the water, but looking at Jesus. Don't look at the wind. But you know what? When you start to sink, call out to the Lord. Save me. Here's the crazy thing. Just like Peter, just like Kepha. We call out to him. He will stretch out his hand. He will lift us up. And he will save us. Folks, that's a life well lived. Amen? Join us tomorrow. Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll be right back here. We're going to be on fire. Look out. We're going to melt some snow. There's a lot to be said. In the meantime, don't live in fear. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Join us next time for Sundays with Dr. Sean. And please follow this show and the Collision of Faith and Politics radio show during the week at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Ninja Pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at The Ninja Pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio. And check out all the free messages, archive shows, and buy Dr. Sean's critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, at www.drshawngreener.com. Join us during the week. And in the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining us in this fight. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.